Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. We'll get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep. Of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams gonna throw. One on one. Davis has it. Touchdown! Carolina wins! Carolina is the Coastal Division champion! Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio! He's at the 50! No, he's not! Yes, he is! Gio! He's gonna take it! for the possible win. Snap, spot, kick away, high enough, long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Hunter Burr. Good gosh, dirty. This is the Heel Tough Blog Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnotta, with you guys as always. Today, back on to the 2024 recruiting trail for the football team. And it is Zach Hubbard who is along with us today as we get you ready for a huge month for the Tar Heels. Uh, the, the month of June has always been pretty important here over these last few years, but it feels like none more important than this year with Carolina not quite putting together the class that they have in years past in terms of the talent. Uh, Carolina's got to start landing some of those headliners in the class. There's a good group of them that are going to be on campus uh, over the next month. Uh, so we are going to take you through all of that and tell you uh, who is expected to be on campus when We'll also talk about, you know, how important each of those weeks are for Carolina. All that is coming up. We're also going to update you on Michael Mertinger. He played in what they are calling their spring jamboree. I didn't even know teams did this, uh, but he and, and his Cardinal Given squad actually went up against uh, another team in the state of Florida in a recent scrimmage. How did he perform in that game? And ultimately, what does that do for the confidence level uh, of us when it comes to what he could be in the future. But first, we got to start with Carolina struggles continuing in state in this 2024 cycle. Carolina uh, ends up getting the news the other day, and this was really only a, a matter of time before it would eventually be revealed that four star defensive lineman Amaris Williams has the Tar Heels out of the running in his recruitment. He announced his top five. Carolina is not one of them. While NC State, the rival team, of course, in the state of North Carolina, is one of the five that are still remaining for him. Now, ultimately, looks like there's a pretty good chance that he could head outside of the state, although NC State has done a good job in that recruitment as well. But for Carolina, this just continues to show that in, in the state, uh, the team has not really done a great job so far in this cycle. And that is one thing that I think a lot of people are starting to get more and more concerned about, especially, you know, when you hear from Mac Brown, that's what one of the big goals uh, for him was coming in. And I think the more concerning part is that Carolina was doing that in previous years. They were doing that despite not winning as many games as they did this past season. Carolina won nine games for just the second time since 1997. And one of, you know, that one season that was, you know, 
the, that was besides the one this past year was under Larry Fedora, was back in 2015, and was really a one-off. And you're hoping that this is a team that is going to be able to build upon their success with the fact that they do return the starting quarterback from that really successful squad. Um, and yet we're sitting here looking at a team that is struggling uh, to recruit the state almost as much as at times you saw from Larry Fedora. You know, you got, uh, you know, when you look at the top 10 in the state of North Carolina, according to the 24-7 sports composite rankings, uh, guys that have already committed outside of the state uh, that Carolina has offered are Jaden Davis, the five-star quarterback who went to Michigan, Caden Jones, the four-star linebacker who went to Alabama, and then Notre Dame picking up a couple of commitments from wide receiver Michael Gilbert out of uh, Charlotte Christian High School, and Jack Larson, who was a guy that was committed way, way, way before uh, any of these other guys. He actually committed actually before last football season. Uh, that So that one makes a little bit of sense. The problem is, is the other guys that are in the state. Uh, Carolina does not look like they are going to get an official visit from Jonathan Paylor, uh, who is a guy that goes to Cummings High School in Burlington, literally right down the road from Chapel Hill. He has taken multiple visits to Carolina, was there, uh, I, I mean, I think it was three or four times last year during the season. That doesn't even count the ones in the offseason when he was there. But it looks like Carolina won't even get as much uh, as a look uh, in the month of June. Ethan Callaway, a uh, team that, you know, or a guy that Carolina looked like they were in a decent position for a couple of months ago. Uh, he, as of right now, doesn't look like Carolina's getting an official visit with him. Told you about Amaris Williams, Carolina not being in on that one. And Bryce Young, who's a guy out of Charlotte Christian High School as well, along with his teammate, uh, Micah Gilbert. Carolina never even offered him in this 2024 class, which, I mean, look, there's some things where maybe he just doesn't fit exactly what Carolina is looking for, whatever. But because of that, that means that there are two guys in the top 10 that Carolina is still even in the running. That doesn't even you know take into account uh, how Carolina is stacking up with these guys. So, you know, look, Zach, we, we've, uh, you know, I, I laid it all out there. Um, and we've talked about this a few times now, but I think it's it's really starting to become more and more of a reality that Carolina has a lot of work to do in the state of North Carolina moving forward. And in terms, you know, first we'll start with in terms of your concern level. I mean, is it is it going up with where Carolina is standing with it seeming like only two of the top 10 players in the state are going to be on campus for official visits in the month of June? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a concern, especially when you look like or when you look at rather how well North Carolina did in um, in state in previous cycles under Mac Brown. It's a concern not only for North Carolina, but it also looks to be a concern throughout the state and obviously you largely would expect North Carolina to be sort of one of the better recruiters in the state or the best recruiter in the state amongst the you know power five programs but it, it really really seems like um, that other schools from other states are coming in and, and are having some what of an advantage obviously you know you have schools like Michigan Alabama Notre Dame that are coming in and and getting a lot of those uh, top rated guys. And that's, you know, somewhat to be expected. Those are programs that have, you know, been to multiple college football playoffs. Those are, you know, schools that are constantly in top contention. Now, North Carolina has won some recruitments against all of those schools in the past, but it is not outside of the realm of possibility, or it's not really a huge sign of concern if North Carolina loses, you know, recruiting battle to one of those schools. That's largely the expectation in a lot of recruitments. But, you know, like you mentioned, you have a, a lot of these other guys that are, you know, not only unlikely to go to North Carolina, but really didn't show a, a ton of interest. I mean, Amaris Williams eliminated them. Ethan Calloway has not scheduled an official visit. Jonathan Paylor might visit, but even still has been pretty upfront with South Carolina leading in his recruitment. 
So in, in terms of just those top 10 guys in state, you're looking at, uh, you know, four-star safety in Malcolm Ziegler and then a four-star wide receiver in Alex Taylor. Would I project either of those guys in North Carolina? Ziegler maybe, but, you know, Alex Taylor, the wide receiver, has a lot of, you know, you know, sort of interest in going to Clemson. You have Tennessee, you know, that's been a big factor with Callaway, uh, the offensive tackle that I mentioned. So, you know, you have a lot of these teams that are close by um, that have not had a, a huge level in terms of wins and losses, you know, outside success as compared to North Carolina that are coming in and, you know, sort of maintaining this interest with the recruits. So, you know, it sort of goes back to the things we've mentioned. It, it can be a number of things. Um, you know, the age of the head coach, Mac Brown, is certainly something that we continue to hear mentioned as a point of concern. Is it a real concern? Is it something that's just negative recruiting? That's hard to say. NIL, you know, not to go on too much of a tangent on that, you know, as we've mentioned, but that's something that's going to, you know, continue to be a factor, whether that is, you know, an issue with funding or just how that funding is applied. That's something that's going to continue to be, you know, a point of discussion. Um, conference affiliation, I think, is going to matter in years going forward. I mean, we've seen in the news here recently with, you know, members of the ACC, including North Carolina, sort of you know, raising a, a fuss over what their, you know, their conference payout looks like, what that, you know, what their media deal is and how that is distributed. And while that doesn't necessarily factor into recruiting directly, as there's not any currently, you know, explicit uh, payments, revenue sharing, employment status, anything along those lines that you hear discussed more and more, uh, of your conference matters. And I think it can matter moving forward. So it is a concern, uh, especially when a lot of these guys that you've had in state as your big in-state recruiters, you know, Lonnie Galloway, Tommy Thigpen, those guys are still on staff. You haven't had a massive exit of guys that you trust to recruit the state. So I, I think it is a concern. I think it's one that they're going to have to continue to look at. Do they need to change some strategies? It, it's really hard to say. It, it's really hard to say, you know, what this team is going to look like moving forward. It's it's really hard to speak to the future, you know, past this year. We look at guys that they've brought in and we, we can sort of project, but, you know, there's sort of the upcoming year with 2023 and then there's a lot of stuff opening up uh, just because there are questions right now mm -hmm. in terms of what where this program is going. So it is a concern. It's a moderate concern at the moment uh, just because – North Carolina, I think, will have the ability to get talented players from elsewhere. They're 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 spreading out their range a little bit, and um, you know, I I would hope that they'd be able to you know develop up some of these you know uh, three star and, and low four star guys into being good players. That 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 would be the hope there as well. But it is a concern, and it's one that we're going to have to continue to monitor to see how they can sort of regain some momentum here within the state, or really how anyone in North Carolina can regain the momentum within the state and keep some of these guys home. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the biggest thing moving forward is that you've got to find a way to reestablish yourself. Even if this class, you know, you don't end up landing a bunch of guys from the state, then you, you have to find a way to recollect yourself. And look, it, 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 it sucks because this is a class where you've got some really talented players. And part of my worry is that, yeah, there are some big schools that have come in here and beat out Carolina. And, and when it comes to Jaden Davis, Caden Jones, the top two guys in the state, I don't think it shocks anybody that they went elsewhere. It never really seemed like they were the most receptive to Carolina. But when you look at Micah Gilbert, a guy that Carolina, when they had him on campus, it seemed like Carolina was in pretty good standing. It's these ones, and even – with Jaden Davis and Caden Jones, Carolina seems to be finishing second in a lot of these races, where in the past few years, because they were the in-state team, they were finding ways to win uh, it, the, these, you know, these battles. And now it doesn't seem to be going that way. Um, you know, the, the fact that your offensive line um, and really just the offense as a whole is not bringing in some of these guys. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's twofold. It's concerning in one respect because 
you're saying how is the success of the offense in years past? How is that not carrying you? You mentioned Lonnie Galloway is still here. Uh, Larry Porter is still here as well. Um, but the other thing is, is that you are bringing in Chip Lindsay and you do have a new offensive line coach as well. Um, now, the concerning part about the new offensive line coach is that they have received offensive line commitments. But a lot of them are from guys that are either out of state um, and even some of those guys out of state fit the billing of the not not being the blue chippers that we've seen Carolina land in the past. Um, the concerning part about the defense is mainly on that defensive line. Guys are not r- really seeming as if they're all that receptive to Tim Cross this time around. And that should be really scaring people because one of the big reasons why Carolina kept Tim Cross here was because of the fact that he had done such a great job recruiting-wise, that he had great relationships with the guys that are already on that defensive line. And now one of those elements is gone. It doesn't seem like he's recruiting all that well along the defensive front. Even out of state, they're yet to land a blue-chip prospect on that defensive front. So that's what I I think has to be concerning here. Can Carolina rebound uh, by going outside of the state and picking up those commitments? Oh, they certainly can. But the thing that Mac Brown talked about so much when he came back in 2019, he said, we have to win the state of North Carolina, both on the recruiting trail and when it comes to on the field. They're not doing either one of those really right now. And I get it. I get that they've had they've had a ton of success against Duke. Um, they've done a good job against Wake Forest for the most part in his time here. Um, but they're not taking care of NC State, who right now, in terms of the in-state schools, is the biggest threat to them on the recruiting trip. So they've got to get that turned around. But he also, when he said taking care of the state of North Carolina, he talked about building a fence around the state. Well, you did it. You did it from 2019 through the 2023 class, but what's changed? I know a lot of people will say, well, a lot of this reflects on the 2021 season. I get that, but we've seen the 2022 season. It's in the books. You didn't finish great, but you still won nine games. And yet that doesn't see you you seem to be in a worse spot than you were last offseason. Um, Carolina really, uh, to me, they, they absolutely have to have Malcolm Ziegler. And we'll talk more about him here coming up. But w- w- with Alex Taylor, as you mentioned, Clemson seems to be the team for him. NC State is not completely out of the running for him as well either. So for Carolina, there's a lot of work that they have to do there. I think even if he commits to Clemson, it's not over. They still need to keep recruiting him because Clemson has a lot of really big-time targets at the wide receiver position that they're in good standing for. But you, th- th- those are just guys inside of the top 10 that you're battling for. You don't have a commitment in the state inside of the top 20. And as of right now, you're, your highest-rated guy that you've got a commitment from in the state, and again – Multiple, there are multiple recruiting sites. Take it for what it's worth. But according to 24-7 Composite, the highest rated guy that they have in this class is Khalil Conley, who is the 24th rated player in the state. Now, they've got Javarius Green, who's rated ahead of him, the wide receiver from Crest, who's 21, Curtis Simpson, the athlete from Kings Mountain. Both guys, Carolina is in pretty good standing with. But you don't have anybody inside of the top 20. And that's, it, it still feels very similar to the group that we talked about inside of the top 10. James Nesta, Carolina's in on him, but no official visit scheduled yet to Chapel Hill. Um, so not a great sign for them at this point. Jordan Ship, haven't found out when he is going to visit. I would believe he is going to visit, but that's still one that Carolina is far from guaranteed to land at this point. It's probably the guy that they feel the best about. And outside of that, everybody else is either committed, Carolina hasn't offered them, or if they have offered them, they're not in good standing with them. So that's why at this point, 
it's okay to be a little concerned about what's going on in the recruiting trail. We sort of preached a little bit of patience early on because they were going out of the state. They were landing these guys. We said, okay, they're going to find a way on the back end of this to bring home some of those in-state guys. There will, there will be in-state commitments on this roster, but you're not landing the top guys in the state and you're letting teams from outside and even teams inside the state like NC State, even Duke. Duke's in good standing with a lot of these guys as well. You're letting them take these recruits from you. It's not a great look for Carolina at this point. Let's talk real quickly about uh, the commitment out of the state of Florida, the Tar Heels quarterback commitment in the class. As I mentioned, when we were coming into this edition of the podcast, Michael Mertinger uh, played in a, a jamboree scrimmage earlier in the week. Uh, he had a pretty successful night, 17 of 26, uh, very accurate. And that was one of the things that uh, we were told uh, about him heading in was that he was going to be extremely accurate. Um, but also, I mean, just overall, uh, the night was raved about from a lot of people. Uh, you, you saw John uh, Garcia Jr. for Rivals.com that was down there. Uh, he actually talked to him afterwards, and they said that, uh, you know, they liked what they saw from him um, throughout the night. And, uh, you know, he, he also talked about being committed to Carolina and why – uh, he he ended up going with the Tar Heels over everybody else. Um, so a, a lot of encouraging things from him um, in, in that game. Uh, 17 of 26, 231 yards and two touchdowns in two quarters of play. So really showing off the arm. He did, you know, have a couple of clips of him running. Um, so really, I, I think... You know, Zach, this is this is a step in the right direction for him because he did start, you know, two seasons. We heard that when we were talking to John Santucci, who covers uh, the covers Florida for USA Today Sports uh, on the recruiting side of things. He started two years at Deerfield Beach, wasn't really that consistent his last year there and took a year off. Now he's getting his opportunity again. And really, as a guy that's starting to get a little more buzz, has more pressure on him than ever. And I think this was an encouraging start, albeit in a scrimmage in the month of May. Yeah, absolutely. And that's sort of what we discussed when he committed is that, you know, his chance to really show who he is 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 ahead of him. It's a senior season to really go up there, be an established starter in what would presumably be his last year before college and show what he has now we you know we think he has good tools but it, it's really a question of what he's going to be just because of that lack of track record because so you know like you mentioned it's certainly a good step in the right direction now the question will be you know what does the summer and fall hold is there any seven on are there any camps and then what does the you know senior season show as far as who he is as a player who he is as a quarterback and you know it could be a little bit higher than probably what we thought at least based on what he's shown thus far there, there's certainly potential there and that sort of mystery around who he can be I, I think it's pretty exciting to see you know how that could end up yeah, and, and, and I think, you know, we had told people after he committed, really just go in with an open mind. This is a guy that's still relatively raw, and the fact that now he's going to once again become a full-time starter uh, with a team that's one of the best in the state, I think provides him with a great opportunity. But, you know, to form our full opinions of him, I think we need to see what this upcoming season holds. And to do that in two quarters of play, uh, to really show that he can run the air raid offense, which I get it, Chip Lindsey's offense. You'll, you'll see some things this year that you probably won't see next year, some elements that worked for Drake a year ago that are going to stick around from Phil Longo's air raid system that may disappear. But in the modern era of football, at this point, just about every offense outside of the teams that run triple options or a variation of the air raid offense. So to see him have the success that he did in this one, I think that should encourage a lot of Tar Heel fans. Well, 
we, we've talked, you know, about the concerns that we have in the state of North Carolina. Some of those guys will be on campus, but a bunch of other targets will be on campus for Carolina here over the next month, month of June, loaded up for the Tar Heels as they look to add some big names to this 2024 class. We take a look at the four weeks that Carolina has coming up to do some damage on that 2024 trail. We break it down for you next on this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast, back right after this. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, guys. Welcome back into this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Anthony Pagnata, Zach Hubbard with you. Let's dive right into the month of June that Carolina has coming up on the 2024 recruiting trail, a month that is going to be filled with official visits. And we're going to run through and tell you about each and every one of them that the Tar Heels have coming up. We'll start with the first week. Carolina not having anybody on campus this weekend. I know there are a few teams around the country that are already hosting some official visits. Carolina's decided they're going to do everything in the month of June and uh, just leave it till, till then. Uh, it starts, though, this upcoming weekend uh, when Carolina will have uh, a pretty strong group of guys, a lot of guys out of the state of Florida that will be on campus. The one committed prospect that will be there is Andrew Rosinski, the offensive tackle from Creekview High School in Canton, Georgia. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, we've seen since he uh, committed to Carolina. He has been on campus a couple of times and uh, has been one that has been pretty vocal trying to get some other guys to commit to this class. So having him on campus going to be a big help for Carolina. And uh, along with him, they will welcome a couple of four stars uh, in the form of uh, Tavani Mizell, uh, one of the hottest names for Carolina on the trail right now. They've had a lot of success with him recently. Uh, he comes from Fort Lauderdale out of Western High School there. Uh, so that's a big one that Carolina has on campus, along with Jameer Grimsley, the cornerback from Tampa, Florida, out of Tampa Catholic High School. Carolina locked in a little bit more of a battle here for this one, but they've had a ton of success in the state of Florida. Timmy Lawson, another guy out of the state of Florida, an unranked tight end. Carolina looking for that second tight end commitment in the class. Uh, he is a guy that Carolina is looking at hard right now. And then the guy that has most recently added his name to this weekend, this upcoming weekend's visit list is Marcus Downs, the three-star defensive lineman from Riverside High School in Greer, North Carolina. Zach, when you look at this group that's going to be on campus, not the most star-studded, a group that's you know, a little bit smaller than some of the other ones that we're going to see, but it feels like Carolina's got a, a group that they value pretty highly, especially Mizell, um, and it will allow Carolina to have a little more focus on, on, on a smaller group for each guy uh, than it would be if they're bringing in a big group like we'll talk about coming up here down the line. Yeah, yeah. And like you mentioned, I mean, this is a, a group where it is a smaller number, but it's a number in which it's all guys that feel like, um, with, the ex uh, with the exception of Tim Lawson, it feels like guys that might need a little bit of that uh, extra attention, uh, a good number of guys from out of state and guys that are highly presumed, uh, highly pursued rather. Thavani Mazel, you know, running back out of Florida that's got North Carolina obviously in the mix alongside some of the, you know, SEC schools. If they want to add, you know, a second running back, he could be one of the top choices there. I Maybe even the top choice sort of in the mix there with Anthony Carey, another running back from Florida. But if they want to add two to this class, 
um, they are going to have to put in some effort as they're going to have some tough competition there. So I think that's, you know, certainly one in which they're going to need that extra attention. And then another that you mentioned that I want to highlight uh, four-star cornerback in Jameer Grimsley, uh, a guy that's really seen his, his recruitment sort of pick up this spring heading into the summer you know, with uh, a, a lot more focus on him at the national level from some of those, you know, bigger schools, specifically schools in the SEC like Alabama, uh, Florida, and then another ACC school in FSU that's going to be after him. So I, I it, these are recruitments that are going to be highly contested. And, you know, North Carolina getting that opportunity to put their best foot forward is going to be a, a really big deal. One more to mention, the one that I excluded um, from being sort of one of those national recruitments. Tim Lawson is a guy that they've really liked at the tight end position, a, a guy that, you know, feels like he's been receptive to North Carolina thus far. Uh, tight end, I wouldn't say that there's, you know, an absolute definitive need that they need to add two guys per se, but, you know, Kamara Morales might not be there moving uh, into 2024. Um, and it's a position in which, you know, we don't really know 100% what this is going to look like in terms of how tight ends are used in a Chip Lindsay offense as opposed to a Phil Longo. But here this past year, you know, we saw tight ends used um, a ton. We saw, you know, sometimes two to three tight ends making significant plays, running routes in games. So it, it was a very rotational position, not necessarily that they were going to, you know, two tight end sets a lot, but that they were rotating these guys guys constantly to keep them fresh and keep them you know running routes um and, and being effective as mismatches in the passing game so we'll see if that continues not only in this offense but we'll also see how this position is prioritized really all of that in this first weekend yeah i still think it'll be a pretty big part of what carolina does you know with chip Lindsay's offense being one that is a lot more run heavy than Phil Longo's was, I think you're going to need those tight ends on the field. And look, here's the thing. As you said, you don't really know what the future holds for that room. Uh, there is uncertainty around really just about every guy. I mean, I think we feel pretty safe about John Copenhaver returning. But Kamari Morales is a senior. He'll have the option to leave after the season. And Bryson Nesbitt, I, I mean, I would be shocked if this is not his last year. Um, just because of the amount of conversation that I've heard from draft people, guys that I talk to, you know, about the draft, uh, the, the draft guys for this year, um, whenever I would talk about the possibility of, you know, next year and, and, and other guys that, you know, could be on the NFL's radar outside of Drake May, he was the first name that came up every single time they love the athleticism they love what he's done as a receiver and they like the fact that he's improved as a blocker so I wouldn't be shocked if he's not there yes Carolina already has one commitment at the tight end spot in this class but I think they feel like they want to have a second one uh, before they feel real comfortable exiting um, you know, th this 2024 cycle. So I think Timothy Lawson's a guy that they will value a lot. Um, I, I wonder where he stands on their board. I mean, I know um, one of the guys that Carolina was planning on having on, on campus in the third week, Colton Heinrich, he is the, uh, he comes from Cardinal Gibbons High School along with Michael Merninger. He's off the board. He's going to Georgia. Um, that was a guy that I think Carolina, it was a long shot for them anyways, but now it seems like that's completely out of play for them. So it's really down to two guys. Expect Lawson to get a pretty good amount of attention here. To me, I think really two guys are going to be the focus here. Grimsley, that's a guy that Carolina would love to have, but it seems like with, with heavy hitters like Bama, Penn State, Michigan, those are the schools that right now seem like they are clearly ahead of Carolina. Um, I think they would have to start landing some of their other big targets. And really, he just feels like I'm not going to get as much playing time if I go there. Carolina probably provides me with that best opportunity. Unless that happens, I don't really know how much of a chance Carolina has here. 
Um, I, I think it really comes down to Mizell, who I think Carolina is in really in really good shape. With. Um, I think that's one where if Carolina comes out and really impresses, I know he's got another visit to Kentucky, a team that's really starting to push for him here recently. Uh, I think Carolina could have that one in the bag. They just have to really show that uh, he is their priority, not Anthony Carey, another guy who is a four-star in the class, uh, who we'll talk about here in just a minute. Um, but I think Marcus Downs, Marcus Downs might be the most important guy on campus during this weekend. Uh, Carolina doesn't have a ton of guys that they are in good standing with along the defensive line. It's really a thin group at this point. Um, and look, that's a position that they don't need as many guys as they've needed in the past uh, because of the work that they've done over the last few years. But this is still a group where you've got to you, you've got to keep new guys coming in, especially if the group that's in there now isn't going to start developing the way uh, that we thought they would when they got on campus. This one, Carolina's got a shot here. I think Georgia probably the favorite for him right now. But I honestly question with him being a three-star prospect, where does Georgia have him on their board? Um, you know that they are going to recruit some of the best of the best. Is he a guy that they prioritize? Probably not, you would imagine. So if Carolina can really show that they prioritize him more than Georgia would um, and you know more than a team like Tennessee would, another team that I think is set up to be able to pounce here, I think they've got a shot. South Carolina, the in-state school here that has done just so much work in the state of South Carolina in this class. They are not in this race. So them being out of it, I think the door is open for the Tar Heels to step through. I think they've got to do it here in this first weekend. You move on to the second weekend, and this one's starting to gain some more traction here. This one, look, the final weekend is clearly the biggest one. But this one, I, I think Carolina, they, they've got to bring their A game this weekend uh, as well. Um, Carolina this weekend, uh, they actually do not have anybody that is committed that will be on campus. I thought they did, um, but for some reason, uh, they do not. Um, and look, this this one, you know, you've got some guys that uh, have Carolina near the top of their list, some guys that Carolina uh, just recently offered or have recently become uh, favorites for. Uh, and, you know, it, it starts to me with guy along the defensive line that they're in good standing for and DeAndre Cook out of Washington, D.C., Friendship Collegiate Academy. Uh, the Torials, they, they've hosted him multiple times, including an unscheduled visit uh, just a few weeks ago uh, back in the month of April. Um, he is a guy that Carolina, if they do what they need to do, you feel pretty good about them being able to seal the deal there. Uh, along with him, another guy that kind of fits into that category, it feels like, uh, that we've known about for a while, is Curtis Simpson. Carolina offered him a couple of months ago. Uh, he almost immediately had them atop his list. This is one, I think, maybe even more so than Cook. If Carolina really just, I mean, does the basics here, it feels like he's probably going to commit to them this weekend. Now you talk about the guys that are recent um, that Carolina, you know, is pushing for. Uh, you got Carlos Mitchell, the three-star athlete out of Lake Wales High School uh, in Lake Wales, Florida. Uh, Carolina right now, pretty much the clear favorite. The fact that this is the only uh, visit that he has scheduled at this time shows that unless Carolina really just drops the ball that badly, He's probably a guy that could be heading uh, to Chapel Hill if they want to take his commitment. Another guy that's really in that same boat is Jalen Thompson. Now, this is a guy that Carolina offered way back. They actually offered him last June, um, but he doesn't appear on 24-7's website as having an offer. The only one that he does is on three sports, which really – it doesn't mean that Carolina hasn't offered. There's guys that Carolina has offered – a 24-7 takes off their board. But ultimately, it, it means that he's a guy that they don't think that Carolina really values all that much. Or um, usually it's the other way around, that the recruit doesn't value nearly as much. 
I don't know if that's the case here. I don't know if Carolina is kind of holding him on the back burner and they'll take his commitment if they don't end up landing some guys ahead of him. But this is one where if Carolina wants him, they will they will have him. He is the only this is the only school that he has an official visit scheduled to. He has not received a bunch of offers here recently that would change that to where, oh, I just haven't been able to set visits to a new school that's jumped in on me. It's pretty much Carolina or he's going to have to settle from one of the other schools that offered him prior. Uh, so Carolina is in a, a pretty good standing with him. Then there's the two guys from the Northeast that Carolina is going to have to battle for. Todd Sanders uh, is a guy that, you know, another safety Carolina has got to figure out again, where exactly they have him on that safety board. Um, but it looks like Penn state is the team that is in the lead for him. So if Carolina really wants him, they're going to have to make a firm push on this weekend for him. And then Corey Duff jr. Another tight end three-star guy out of the state of New York, um, Carolina, one of the teams that's been fighting with him for him here over the last couple of months. It uh, looks like Miami is the other team that uh, they are really, really going to have to fight off if they want uh, to land him. Uh, he, he has set their official visit, or I don't know uh, if he has officially set the date yet, but we do know that he is going to end up taking a visit there at some point. That one to me is incredibly interesting because I wonder if that's the guy that Carolina has on top of their tight end board at this point, but a pretty star studded weekend on that second one there, Zach, for the Torians. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it, it's another one that is pretty well balanced. Obviously you have, you know, the defensive line recruits that you mentioned that seem pretty important and Curtis Simpson and DeAndre Cook, two guys that North Carolina is in a really good spot for. And, you know, as you mentioned, it's a position that North Carolina wants to continue to reload it. Obviously they've done good at that position in the past few classes, but those guys are getting, you know, up in years and eligibility. They're not going to be around forever. So you've got to reload at that position. And those are two guys that can allow you to do so. Uh, one that I specifically am looking at, you know, here as a recent development, as you mentioned, is the three-star safety in Jalen Thompson. This seems like one that's, you know, going pretty quickly in North Carolina's favor um, as this is, you know, the only official visit it appears that he has scheduled. So it, it, it's one, if they want to pull the trigger here, it seems like this is one that they could really get going. And that's really what you want to look at here in the month of June is that they continue to get uh, commitments from guys that they really want. And then another that you mentioned, you know, as we sort of look at what they want to do with the tight end position in KJ Duff, this might be a guy that they, you know, that's at the top of their list that they want to make that impression with and try to win out over Miami in terms of that. So, you know, on the whole, I think it's another sort of balanced weekend and, and one that they want to make multiple impressions with to try to, you know, round out the class here. Yeah, it's, it's, and a uh, really an interesting one because it's so many guys. It feels like that if Carolina wants their commitment, they are uh, are there for the taking. Um, but again, there are some guys that you really do wonder: are they going to sort of keep them, you know, on the back burner? Figure out what some of the other guys in this class that they will have visit in the later weeks want to do. And then they'll say, okay, if, if, if they had that position filled already, look, we get, we're, we're, you know, we've got the room filled. If not, we'll take your commitment. So I think really it's just about sealing your spot atop their recruitment for the time being and getting yourself into a position where you can get some of these guys to hold out a little bit. To me, the most important one is, is Corey Duff Jr. I, I really think that's the guy where if you want him to be that tight end commit for you in the class, um, you, you know, as, as your second guy, you really have to put in the work and find a way to, you know, get him to buy in. And look, Ryan Ward is a guy that's a really good, pro, you know, a developing prospect, but he's outside of the top 1,000 at this point. He's fallen even since he was 
uh, a, since, since he committed to Carolina. So if you want a guy that um, is going to give you a little bit more talent in that room in this class, I think Duff's probably the guy uh, that you're looking at at this point. You move on to the third week. Now, this one, a little bit bare. Carolina, you know, as I mentioned, they had Colton Heinrich, the three-star tight end out of the state of Florida that was supposed to be on campus. With him committing to Georgia, that seems to be off the table. So really, it's it's down to three guys. And, you know, Anthony Carey, the four-star running back out of Carrollwood Day High School in Tampa, Florida. You know, Carolina's in this one. Um, this, this has been really an odd one, to say the least. I have heard absolutely nothing on Carolina's front when it's come to this. But somehow, they've, they've landed a visit here. Um, South Carolina the team that's the favorite at this point. I, I don't really see this being a, a, a visit that Carolina is going to be pushing all that hard on. I think they've kind of identified Mizell as their guy, but the fact that he is visiting is still very interesting. And it's something where, look, if, if that visit with Mizell goes good, but they hear that the visit with Kentucky goes a little bit better, maybe they turn up the heat here on carry, but I think the other two are really the guys that you're looking at. Three-star offensive tackle Mason Wade out of Loudoun Valley High School in Percival, Virginia. Um, Carolina has been in this race. It appears like it's down to them and Virginia Tech. Can Carolina, can this staff uh, and new offensive line coach Randy Clements really make a push here? Because I think Virginia Tech's probably the slight favorite. Can they make the push to overtake Virginia Tech before it's all said and done. And then Hank Weber, the guy out of the state of Tennessee, Brentwood Academy out there, uh, that Carolina has, you know, recruited pretty hard, especially early in his recruitment. They had him on campus quite a few times, took an early lead for him, but you've got hometown Vanderbilt and Wisconsin in the Big Ten that's making a push for him as well. You know, it it really may depend on what happens in the prior week. Do they end up landing DeAndre Cook? Maybe even the week before, if Carolina really does want to make a push for Marcus Downs. Um, but the, these are two guys that I think for Carolina, you know, they, they have a shot at. It really just depends on how much the staff really wants to put into those two guys. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's really a question of where do they want to go with the offensive line at this point? I mean, that that's the position that they've really seemingly filled up to this point. So do they want to add, you know, one more guy? Do they feel like they have room? Does it make sense to add one more guy? Uh, with Ethan Callaway looking elsewhere, Mason Wade's really your last guy on the offensive line uh, that you want to look at. Um, and then Hank Weber, like you mentioned, it, it's a prospect that North Carolina has been in the running for or seemingly in the running for for quite a while. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, they've sort of they sort of circled early and have been in contact with. And it's been pretty consistent. But you're going to have those other schools really pushing there. So um, it, it, it's hard to really say where they want to go, depending on where they, you know, end up with Marcus Downs in terms of recruiting him and in terms of what he adds there. Uh, might prefer Marcus Downs just based on measurables a little bit more, but it's really hard to say. I mean, uh, football's more than just how you look, it's how you play. So we'll see where that goes. Um, some other guys that might visit that weekend as well, not confirmed, but might uh, a, a recent offer uh, in defensive tackle, Justin Terrell uh, is one that I'll be looking for. Terrell, not sure which, but, you know, Defensive tackle is a position that they've not really hit on as of yet in this class. Uh, so one that they'll continue to look at. Another guy that may uh, visit that weekend in Cameron Courtney, uh, the cornerback out of Virginia. You know, they, they're continuing to look at corners in this class. Obviously, you know, have Khalil Conley right now that couldn't end up playing corner, but don't know, you know, for certain yet. And defensive back's a position that, you know, we're going to see come up a lot uh, over these visits has already come up in the past weekends will come up uh, obviously in the weekend of the 23rd 24th um, and it's a position that North Carolina is going to want to take bodies at again so uh, one that we'll continue to be watching yeah you, you're you're right about that I think both of those um, you know are, are, are spots where uh, Carolina needs more depth 
They need more talent. And I think both of those, you're, you're seeing that they are holding them in high priority, especially you know, the defensive line. It feels like they really didn't hand out a ton of offers early and they were focusing on a certain group of guys. Now maybe it feels like, okay, we're, we're not getting the guys that we were looking at initially and we need to start adding more offers and creating a little bit of a bigger net to reel in some of these other fish that are out there. Uh, well, the last weekend, as you would expect, it's the big weekend for Carolina. A lot of committed guys that will be on campus. Khalil Conley, uh, you know, will, will be there uh, along with Michael Mertinger, uh, Johnny Norwood, as well as Ryan Ward. So four committed players will be on campus. Also very helpful that Michael Mertinger seems like one of those guys that's been real aggressive since he committed and trying to get other guys to come along with them. Same thing. Uh, when it comes to Ryan Ward, he might be actually the most aggressive of any of the guys uh, that are committed to this class and trying to get, uh, you know, outside guys, guys that are uncommitted at this point uh, to be a part of this 2024 group for the Tar Heels. Now, in terms of the uncommitted guys, um, I will just go in alphabetical order here and read off the guys that are going to visit. You got four-star cornerback Jalen Crawford from Parkview High School in Lilburn, Georgia. Um, one of the best players that Carolina will host on campus, if not the best, uh, during this month. Uh, Carolina haven't really heard a whole lot about them in this race, but they are one of the four that are remaining for him. So. Certainly noteworthy. Uh, Four-star cornerback Zion Ferguson from Gainesville High School in Gainesville, Georgia. Uh, he is committed to LSU, but Carolina is the other school that seems to be in the running for him at this point. Um, as of right now, Carolina, they have gotten their visit date, of course, with the final weekend of June. LSU is not. They do not know when he is going to visit. Uh, it appears like they are eventually going to get a visit from him sometime during the month. And there was an article written about him recently on On3 Sports from Jeremy Johnson that said that he is locked in with the Tigers. But it seems like Carolina, from you know the fact that they've got that visit schedule, just seeing how he sort of interacted on social media – that they have a legitimate shot here, more so than uh, the recruiting experts would have you believe. Uh, Three-star wide receiver, Javarius Green, talked about him a little bit earlier, in-state guy. Another three-star wide receiver, Keenan Jackson um, from Weddington High School. Uh, both of those guys, Carolina, feels like it's they're in pretty good standing with. I think Jackson starting to become a little more questionable with NC State. You've also got Virginia Tech, who is clearly making, you know, all their efforts to try to, uh, you know, get him uh, to, first of all, they got him on campus to visit, uh, but they're, they're making their push as well. Carolina's got some work, a little more work to do there as opposed to Green, where it seems like it's down to Carolina and Michigan State, but Carolina seems to have the lead there. Three-star linebacker Cruz Law from CPA, uh, from CPA in Nashville, Tennessee. Carolina, early leader for him. There are a couple of SEC schools that have tried to make a push there. This is another one where Kentucky seems to be like the, the seems to me like they are the biggest threat. Uh, Carolina will have to stave them off, but an opportunity for Carolina with the last uh, with, with the last pitch there. You've got three-star safety Christian Peterson from Westlake High School in Atlanta. Uh, SEC schools really starting to make a push for him. Carolina, they they have work to do if they want to land his commitment, but they do have him on campus that weekend. We already told you a little bit earlier about Alex Taylor from Grimsley High School in Greensboro, four-star prospect that Carolina you know, was in on early, but Clemson really has done uh, their work there and seems like as long as they are willing to take his commitment, he will at least commit to them at the end of the month. Now, Carolina, the biggest thing for them really is to establish themselves as a team that if Clemson lands that many of their top prospects there, he can end up, you know, still 
taking a look at uh, before it's all said and done and at least establish themselves as, as a flip option. Uh, Braylon Staley, the three uh, four-star wide receiver from Aiken High School in Aiken, South Carolina. Clemson favored in this race as well. But again, this, this is another one very similar to Taylor where how many wide receivers are Clemson, you know, how many wide receivers is that class going to take? Um, and the other thing is, is how many guys can commit to that class before these two guys say, look, we don't feel like we're valued. So again, Carolina has got a chance there. That one feels a little more open um, to, you know, him staying uncommitted or potentially committing somewhere else if he's really just that wowed. But Carolina has got to battle Miami and Tennessee there as well. And then there's Malcolm Ziegler, the in-state safety uh, from Fuquay Verona High School, uh, of course, in Fuquay Verona, North Carolina. Uh, he is, you know, probably the biggest target uh, in, that Carolina has maybe in this entire month that will be on campus. Um, you know, him, you know, he, he's going to take the visit to Carolina to close things out. He does have the official visit scheduled to South Carolina, but that's it. Uh, Wake Forest, another team that looked like they were in the running for him. They don't have an official visit set at this time. But South Carolina, as we know, they've had a ton of success on the trail so far this season. Shane Beamer doing a really good job of building things there. So the Tar Heels really have to close strong if they want to land his commitment. Um, so, Zach, you know, th this is clearly the biggest weekend of the entire month. What really sticks out to you about this group that's going to be on campus? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the biggest weekend, like you mentioned, and it's also a pretty well-rounded weekend. Um, it, it's one that you mentioned, I mean, I, I would say the majority of where they're going to go in terms of wide receivers, majority of those guys are going to be on campus um, that weekend. So it's great, not only like you mentioned, to have, Michael Merdinger and Ryan Ward is sort of the two leaders of the uh, offensive class on uh, on in town that weekend. But, um, uh, you know, Javarius Green, Keenan Jackson, obviously two guys that they're, you know, very involved with could potentially lead for. And then two sort of higher rated guys in uh, Braylon Staley and Alex Taylor that they'll be battling uh, Clemson for at the time. So, you know, it, it's likely that their wide receiver class is going to come almost primarily from those sort of group of guys. Um, defensive back, as we mentioned, is going to be a big position for the 2024 class overall. And there's sort, certainly a wide selection this weekend, uh, including some four stars, Malcolm Ziegler that we mentioned at the beginning, basically North Carolina's biggest target remaining in state in terms of guys that they have a, a good shot at. And then, you know, some corners in Jalen Crawford and Zion Ferguson, they'll, they'll at least have a chance at. Um, and obviously, you know, they'd like to see if they can get in a position with one of those guys. And then the linebacker position uh, started to wrap everything up. They obviously have, you know, a guy already in the class um, in Evan Bennett, but would like to add one more. So you kind of get to see the remainder of your prospects and Ashton Wedge and Cruz Law to try to pick the guy that you want. So, you know, really sort of rounding out that class uh, primarily at those sort of outside skill positions, wide receiver, defensive back, but also in the middle of your defensive linebacker, you know, that's going to be really the three big priorities that particular weekend. Yeah. I mean, look, I think Ziegler is, is the guy that, the majority of the focus for the for the people on the outside is going to be on because of just how important Carolina, um, you know, th th this is for Carolina in the state this year, um, and you know it's it's at that defensive back spot. I also think that Zion Ferguson, very very intriguing story, a guy that at this point people that are following this recruitment, especially those. Uh, that are on the LSU side want you to believe that it's over, but everything that he's showing us is that it's not just yet. So can Carolina do enough to convince him to flip? That would be huge for a defensive backfield that needs talent. If they could get him and Ziegler away from this weekend, uh, that would be amazing for Carolina. 
Wide receiver, as you mentioned, huge as well. I think Green, you know, as long as Carolina just does what they need to do on what, what they normally do on most official visits, they should be able to land that commitment. I want to see him push hard and land Keenan Jackson as well. That's a guy that's visited Carolina more than just about any prospect so far in this recruiting cycle. It feels like um, he, he's a guy that wants to play for the Tar Heels. I know there are some other guys that are more that that are more highly rated. But as we've seen with the schedule that's already here for Carolina, they're not getting those guys on campus. So I think they really need to close the deal on that one and build up this wide receiver class. And I think, yeah, you talked about the linebacker position with Cruz Law. Um, I think that's probably a guy that, you know, Carolina – uh, they they need to add to this class to continue to build the depth there. That's been talked about so far uh, each of the last two seasons by Mac Brown uh, in you know spring practice that they just don't have the depth at that position that they really want. And last year it showed at times when you know and that that was when you had Rod Rod Dilworth that was still a part of the Torrio linebacking core. Now he's gone. There's still a lot of uncertainty there this offseason in large part because of the youth, but the fact that they don't have a ton of really good depth there gets you to a point where if a guy goes down, Carolina is going to see a significant drop off. Trying to find guys that will prevent that from happening is important. So yes, I definitely think Cruz law is another guy that uh, Carolina really has to value highly uh, during this weekend. Um, Guys that, you know, I, I think, We've heard some things about, you mentioned two of them there uh, that we've heard about. Another guy uh, that Carolina offered recently uh, that I think a lot of people are probably looking into and wondering when he is going to be on campus uh, is another guy out of the state of Georgia, uh, Colquitt County High School that Carolina uh, reached out to Tyshawn Reed Jr. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that's an edge rusher in the class. I think Carolina, you know, they haven't gotten him on campus just yet. I'd be stunned if they don't get him on campus uh, at some point uh, during this month. Uh, they are the most recent offer for him, and you feel like uh, that's one that Carolina is going to be motivated uh, to get there at this point with not many other edge rushers being talked about at this point in this class. And the other one that I got a question about last night is Ashton Woods, the linebacker, uh, the three-star linebacker out of the state of Georgia, um, Walton High School. Uh, Right now, Carolina doesn't have a visit scheduled with him just yet. It doesn't appear as if he has set any of his official visits. Uh, But Carolina, they've had him on campus quite a few times. That's another one to keep an eye on to uh, set a date here at some point. Uh, Keep an eye out on that. We'll, of course, be updating the article that we have on the website at HeelToughBlog.com. You guys can head over there and check it out. It goes in-depth on every single one of these guys that we just talked about. Um, But we, you know, I I have an update on each one of their races. I go even more in-depth than I did here on this edition of the podcast. So make sure that you guys check that out on the website right now. Also an article up there about Carolina uh, landing a couple of guys on Athlon Sports preseason all ACC list. You're going to see a lot of these coming out here in recent weeks uh, or in the next couple of weeks, I should say, uh, with, uh, you know, the magazine season officially in full swing. Still have to wait a little bit for the official preseason all ACC teams that will come out at ACC Media Days, Uh, but it is closing in, folks, and we have you covered uh, on the website at HeelToughBlog.com. Meanwhile, on the basketball side of things, things have gone about as quiet as they can possibly go uh, with three roster spots still available. So I know a lot of people are concerned. Guys are going through their um, their AAU circuits right now. So I think we may have to wait a little bit longer. But the good news is, is that one of Carolina's targets 
in the 2024 class that they're hoping maybe could reclassify to the 2023 class. At least that's what the rumors have said. Jaron Stevenson, he has set an official visit date. Make sure you head over to the website and check out when he is going to be on campus for the Tar Heels uh, coming up here soon in the near future. So uh, all that stuff and more on the website, heeltoughblog.com. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. I want to thank Zach Rosen with me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tories. want to thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. If you could, make sure you head over to wherever you listen to your podcast, find out where you can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, and go ahead and do that for us. The rating and reviewing, that helps us to move up some of those rankings, and the subscribing, that is for you, so you don't miss any editions of the podcast coming up. We look forward to you being a part of the Heel Tough Blog podcast family moving forward, and thank you once again for listening to this edition.